0: Welcome to the One Solution podcast.
1: In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And that perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems but also the solution to those problems.
0: All right. Hello. Hello,
1: hello everybody. everybody. Happy Thursday.
0: Happy Thursday. Happy uh, third webinar. Yes. We are really excited about doing this last one because we have some examples for you. So this webinar is called Examples. Real
1: world examples of change.
0: Yes. And (laughs) you're you're always better at me in titles. (laughs) And we thought we would kind of uh, lay up what you're going to show and kind of recap for all you new people who are coming. So some of you have probably seen webinar one and webinar two. And there also might be a couple of uh, new ones uh, coming in. So we wanted to address a couple of things before we get going. And then we'll uh, show you some examples from um, what happens when people learn about their mind or reconnect with what they already know about the mind is a different way of saying it and, and the change that occurs from that. So.
1: And you can disagree with me, but just because we jumped in really quickly, like, do you want to wait thirty seconds or so, just as people are coming on, because I can see the number is growing. I, just in terms of like giving the context of this particular right webinar,
0: we could. Um, um,
1: we could, you know, sing a song or talk okay. about the weather well, yeah, or
0: <laughs> sing a song. Then
1: no, I'm just kidding. No, no. I just realized we kind of launched right in and I was seeing the number kind of um, usually I think we like kind of take a minute or so. Right.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So we can talk a little bit about just um, the last two and why we're excited about this one before we give the okay jump into it context. But um, in the last two webinars, we talked about the human mind and the world and then any problem on any scale. And this webinar is specifically, um, gonna go into, like we said, real world examples of change on the ground. But the last two were really, um, you know, we feel like a conversation whose time has come and a conversation worth exploring that there's, um, So many different things going on in the world that can look complex. But I think when you look to the mind as the source of everything in the world, it starts to bring a simplicity and a hopefulness and a uh, clarity that is very needed in the world. I always hesitate to say right now because I think it's probably always been the case. but (laughs) (laughs) I happen to be living in what feels like my right now. So I'll say it For, for me. It feels like right now the world can really benefit from um, and all of us human beings that are in the world can really benefit from feeling a sense of increased clarity, increased unity, increased hopefulness about the state of the world, our participation in it, and how we can reimagine the world and how we can literally re- recreate what is in existence in the world. So um, that's why we wanted to have these series of webinars. And that's also why we wanted to launch the online course that Um, we spent the last couple of months creating and are launching for registration today Mm -hmm. called Accelerating Change is because it's really, um, we feel incredibly grateful that we have learned what we've learned about the mind and seen how to apply that to the kind of change we're trying to make at One Solution, our nonprofit. But we also wanted to kind of open that discussion and conversation up to more people in the world who are interested in the same thing that are are scratching their heads and saying, I also want to be a part of change, whether that's in my own personal way and my community, maybe helping at my kids' school or getting involved in my local politics or, um, changing my company culture. Um, or if it's on a more, um, sort of wide scale, whether you actually work in a change organization, maybe you also work in a nonprofit or you want to start your own nonprofit or you want to start your own for-profit and you're just interested in kind of what can I learn about my mind that will help me see this more simply with less complexity and help me to see what humans already have in them that is going for them and how we can look to that and draw on that to be able to make change happen faster. So that was really the inspiration for these series of webinars and this um, online course that we're launching. The course itself begins on April fifteenth, but the registration is going live today, shortly after this webinar.
0: Yeah, and for me, I think the main, the main thing thing that happens is that, you know, when I try to make the change, I try to make. There were a couple of things that I was up against. One was that I was. Uh, either feeling hopeless or not seeing, uh, a way to do anything, like almost like overwhelmed or even, even like, uh, not for me, it wasn't apathy for other people. It is apathy, but just like, it's too, just too big. It's just too complex. It's just too much stuff happening out there. It's not for me. I I can do something else. Mm -hmm. So that is specifically a trick of the mind. It is the mind that. Take something that is uh, fundamental, and it creates all kinds of complexity for you. So when you look out with your eyes, you start to see what's different, what's what's uh, all the challenges. Start to see that it's too big. You start to listen uh, to people who say it's too complex, it's too big, you, you can't do anything with it, and it feels a little bit uh, hopeless in a way. So that's one thing that my mind did. The other one was that it put. The change I wanted to make into the future. So it said, right. yes, it should happen at some point. At some point, should uh, should not only like it should happen in the future, or, or somebody else should do it. And that is also like a really, really interesting trick of the mind. Mm-hmm. It, it, will, it will literally find the most amazing reasons for why now is not the time. Or, and, you, are not the or you are not the person. Or you are not the person. Because it, it, it because your eyes look outward, and it will it will look and it will it will it will feel like uh, it needs to be planned. It will feel like oh, you got to figure all this other stuff, and you will start to feel like I got to do all this other stuff before I can do this thing. And this is not only creating change. This is with everything in your life. Like we we tend to wait until some point in what we call the future where that then I can do the thing. And we realized that's just a huge, huge uh, trick of the mind. And the more you just see through that, is easier it is um, to make change. So those two things, like if you're interested in that and that is on your mind, you either feel like, oh, it's too complex, there's too much, or oh, it should be in the future or it's not for me, then we know how to talk about that. We know how to show people that um, <laughs> the trick behind it that kind of behind the curtain of what is actually going on there. And so if you're trying to make change, but are up against the up against those things, then uh, we're excited to show you a couple of examples of people who had mind shifts that enabled them to do them in their uh, respective fields. So,
1: yeah, I'm really excited about today's webinar because what we talked about in the last couple of webinars of seeing the human mind as the creator of everything in the world and, then also seeing that the mind is the source of change, therefore in any problem, on any scale, those conversations, you know, we we talk about examples in those conversations, but they can start to feel theoretical. And a lot of times people will be like, I just need to like be able to wrap my arms around it and see a tangible example. And so this webinar today uh, was designed exactly for that, for the people that are like, I want to see how it works in the real world. So um we've, Um, Let's jump
0: into the first one.
1: Yeah, we're going to show some snippets. And every snippet that you're going to see today is an individual who's working in change on some scale or another. So we're going to start with community and then um, organizational, systemic, and global. So we have all four examples. And each of these individuals are people that we know and work with personally that have had a shift in terms of their perception of the mind as the source of everything in the world. And because they've had a shift in that, they're now able to make change in those areas. So here's your real world example number one.
0: Should we go, go for it? Yeah, so... um Should we... Do you
1: want to just say who it is first? Yeah,
0: so the first one you're going to show is probably a few people have seen him a lot because we love this guy.
1: we talk about him a lot. We are
0: talking about him a lot, a lot because he's a person who is... Uh, really changing his community from uh, from his own mind and showing how the solutions to the community lies within the community. So exactly like the example I was sharing is that he is seeing that change is something that happens now. And it's something that he could do. And he literally had like, oh, I can do it type of moment where something shifts and where he saw that what was happening with especially the violence in Chicago wasn't um, sustainable and wasn't solvable by looking outside. So I'm not going to say more than that other, if you want to say
1: one thing. Uh, no, but not about Dijon. So Dijon is who you're going to meet in a moment. But we got a couple of questions in the last webinars, and I just wanted to highlight something that we we get asked a lot, and it came up in one of the questions from a gentleman who attended the last webinar about, do you think it's apathy that people are expecting someone else to change things that someone else is going to come along and fix the problems in the world and i think dejan is a beautiful example and you'll see this is um no one intends to be apathetic no one intends to be disengaged it's that trick of the mind part it's like it's the most amazing magic trick until you see how it's a trick and it's not real yeah Um, And so I won't say say any more than that. You'll see in his clip here. But I think it's really beautiful when you can see how when the light switch flicks on for someone, all of a sudden what was an innocent, in a way, unavoidable apathy suddenly switches. It changes gear. And and because he sees something he didn't see before, he suddenly spurred into action. And you'll actually hear that in in all of the clips we're going to share today, but in this one right now. All
2: right, let's go for it. For starters, I saw that I ain't have to reflect my negativity on other people. I saw that just as I was mad I couldn't, I ain't have to put my hurt on somebody else just so I can feel good about myself. I saw that, and I saw that, like, this my sister's favorite quote every act don't need a reaction. So, like, I said in the beginning, like, Every time something happened to me, I had to react negativity. And I saw that like, something can just happen. I don't gotta always react to it. Everything don't need a reaction to it. So, stuff happened to me now, I don't really react to it. I just walk past some people, turn up the cheek, something like that. I do that. And one big thing that came to my mind is, I created a lot of the people that I was into tour with. Like, I wasn't, they wasn't, made for me to not like them. We weren't made for each other to hate each other or to try to kill each other, nothing like that. I, We created that up in our mind. Once I saw that, I stopped stereotyping people. Like police officers, people from different neighborhoods, females, males, anybody. I just stopped stereotyping people. Cause I saw that like, once you see somebody, everybody always try to create what they is before they even get to know them. So I started like, I. I created all the ops, the bad police officers, a lot of stuff I just created in my mind. I can uncreate it. I uncreated it, and then I just been living life, you feel me? Everything has been going smoothly. I still got people, like I still got to look over my back from to time, but ain't like it was back then because I ain't really been doing that much. So it's been cool, everything been smooth, so. Those things I learned that like every ass don't need a reaction. I was creating all the negativity that's going up in my head. And just I ain't had to react to a lot of stuff. That and a lot of a lot of organizations always start from the outside. They don't believe that if it, a change mindset can change the world, they don't think that. So they think that they can just like prevent stuff from happening and it's gonna be good. But the rest of peace. We wanna stop the prevention from being prevented. Like we wanna do that. We wanna we don't wanna go out and stop stuff from happening. We wanna get in the mindset before it even gets a we gotta stop something. So we start from the mindset and go on out instead of going from on out to going in. Cause we see that like a lot of people when they mad or angry, they see a lot of red and they just act upon it because they don't know, they don't have really a lot of solutions to it because they so simple-minded, I would say. And we try to strengthen the mindset to view different outcomes. Instead of trying to focus on that one thing, you can have multiple outcomes. So yeah, I think that's it. We just start from the inside and we consistent with it. And we do a lot of fun stuff with the learning, and that's it.
0: He's so cool.
1: I know. I love he's, what he says. There's two things that always give me goosebumps and make me smile. One was that I, I realized I was creating my enemies. He's ops. And if I, yeah, they call them ops here, which means like you're.
0: Your opposites. Your Like your enemy in a way. Your
1: opponents, your opposition, your ops. So yeah, they, he was creating his ops in his own mind. And if he created it, he could uncreate it. It's like one of those pfft, Moments, Mm -hmm. Um, And that is such a brilliant example of, I think, for him, he always felt up until he learned about his mind and the fact that his world came from his mind, it was very much something outside of his control. And he wasn't apathetic by choice. It was just the nature of how it looked to be to him. And then when he's, you know, started to learn about his mind and realize, oh, my gosh, I'm creating this, I can uncreate it. And then now he's um, actually formed a whole youth organization called The Rebels for Peace, where he's sharing his own mind shift and what changed inside of him. And, you know, as he said, his goal, we included that piece at the end where where he talks about why his organization is different, The Rebels for Peace, And he said, you know, most organizations are looking at it from the outside and they're trying to figure out how to prevent it. And we're – what do you say? We're preventing the prevention? Preventing the prevention, yeah. (laughs) Which I don't know if you followed that, but it's pretty genius if you did, is that basically he's saying – if we can shift people's minds and help them see what I've seen, then we are not needing to prevent anything. There's right. nothing to prevent because no one's Doesn't gonna occur in the first place. Right. Like it's now it no longer occurs to him to react to everything that happens and to see red like he describes it, and to see a world full of ops and you know, um essentially Uh, threats to him. Like now that he sees that's coming from his mind, he doesn't have to prevent himself from being violent. There's no need for violence prevention because it just doesn't occur to him in the same way anymore because he's created a whole different perception of life for himself. And so, you know, he talks about wanting to strengthen mindsets of others so that they can see what he's seen. Um, And it's amazing. We've watched him in a very short amount of time, less than two years, um, really gather young people together. And we've had everything from internships where we've had uh, kids of all different ages come and learn in the summer program. Um, We also had an internship uh, affiliated with a school. And then we've done events. Um, And when I say we, it's really all with him taking the lead with him sharing what he's seen about the mind and now creating all of this media content that they put on a Facebook that's being shared. But it's just such a cool example of a realization in the mind of one individual rippling out and creating change in a community.
0: Yeah. He's, he's dope as they say.
1: He's very dope as they say.
0: <laughs> oh, and Hey, uh, Lick and Aldo and Kina.
1: Hi.
0: How would you say "Kina"? Kina.
1: Uh, I mean, in American China. English, that would be like "Kine."
0: Kine. That <laughs> right yeah. is not a name in, yeah. in
1: English. So, but "Kina" sounds. Hello, and, sounds and, and
0: other people there, say hello and please uh, write uh, questions uh, as you go along or comments that uh, kind of strike you as we uh, continue the webinar. Because the end of it, we're going to have uh, you know almost a pure Q and A um, section. So.
1: But we're happy to take questions about the specific uh, guest speakers that you see throughout as well. So if you have any questions about those.
0: All right. So that was Dajon and his kind of like, you know, he is definitely a global thinker, uh, but he does it in a way that kind of combines global thinking with grassroots. So he has his kind of like his eyes in the sky and his feet on the ground in a way. So he sees that it's via relationships and it's like individuals that actually – uh amounts to uh the larger scale of the thing so
1: yeah and i mean he started the rebels for peace here which is local but then also through social media and the internet and everything we have been connecting with other kids in other parts of the world but one of the things that i think is really cool if you consider how one shift ripples out and creates different possibilities like we're taking Dejan to get a passport later today because he's going to accompany you on a trip to the Congo where you're going to be working with a uh, uh, couple of different schools in the Congo. And this is a kid who had only, has only flown on a plane once before. Uh, this will be his first time ever leaving the that country. That was also to speak
0: at a conference.
1: Yeah, recently, yeah. like within the last couple of years since he's had his shift. And so we were at his house last night having dinner and talking with his mom about, was she cool with us? taking him all the way to Africa. And she's just, as you can imagine, so happy for him. Um, And we were talking specifically about here in Chicago, as the weather warms up, as spring temperatures start to come, the shootings always spike. And so there's been a, a real increase in shootings in the last week, even as the weather's gotten nicer. And she was just saying over and over again, but you're for peace now. You don't do that stuff. And you know, he was talking about these kids coming to his school and trying to start trouble and how he kind of stayed out of it. And I just, I think, I mean, obviously I have a lot of love for Dajon, so I could talk about him forever, (laughs) but I think it's so cool what he's been able to do for his own life and for, you know, his group of friends and then kids in his wider community. And now that he's going to be going abroad for the first time, because we're not doing it just to give him an opportunity. We are doing it because he's an amazing teacher. Like you saw him in that clip. He's, absolutely phenomenal when he talks about what he's seen about the mind. So take that kid anywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like one of the things he did with, which um, uh, puts us in the next section is he, he has also spoken to uh, business people. So the rebels for peace, a youth led organization with teenagers have met with uh, business leaders from all over the world and taught them what they've seen about the mind. And which leads us to like what actually happens in an organization whether it be You know a for-profit company or a nonprofit NGO or any basically organization of people uh, how does uh, learning about the mind affect that and how important is that uh, and to show that we have uh, a colleague and friend of us named um, James and he's going to share a couple of examples with you guys of, of what actually happens when you look at it from completely different realities, that that um, a, a business isn't an objective thing. It isn't something that we all can agree is the same thing. It's made up of different thinking. So when people walk into a business on Monday, uh, they will see different businesses and it will literally feel different. They will experience it different. It, the culture will seem different. Uh, Their tasks will show different, their deadlines, whatever they think they're up to. It's not an objective thing. It's a mind-created thing. And so when you look at how big, big of a role businesses have on affecting the world, when we're talking about global change or any type of change, you'll see that a lot of the world is run by businesses, run by nonprofits. It affects so much, which is why we think it's so important that Humans within them, again, on a personal individual level, knows that we're all kind of making it up as we go along with our own minds and know that it's it's an inside out creation of things. And when they know that, you just start creating more, you know, both better uh, kind of culture within the business. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you start making business decisions that are way more sustainable and long term thinking and holistic and, and and enables uh building a future for the whole globe. Whereas when you're you're stuck with yourself and your own um kind of constricted thinking, you, you tend to not even see how to do that. Yeah. And you're just you're just worried about building the business, you're stressed about that, and you might be more profit-driven instead of thinking holistically. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens when noise goes off our minds and we see things clearly. So
1: and if you look, you listen, you'll see James is saying the same thing as Dejan in a different set of words about a different context. So the whole, the source is the same at any scale, is going to get more and more visible the more of these clips that we show. So,
3: yeah. So here's, here's James. So, in terms of what really has changed my mind, um, it's been this fundamental awareness shift. So, I had been going to the world. And seeing cause and effect, where something happens here, and therefore I react to it. So the cause effect, cause effect, um, and what I have learned is that that is interpretation, observation, interpretation, observation. So it's all happening inside here. And a silly example is just like I don't know, if you could you could go into a situation. Um, And you can only see that you can react to it in one direction. So say, for example, three people work at a company and they do the same job. And on the same day, all three are let go. One of those people goes home to their partner and says, oh my God, it's great news. I've lost my job. We can go traveling. One of them goes home to their partner and says, oh, well, lost my job. I need another job. And one of them goes home to their partner and says, this is the worst in my life, I've never felt worse in my life, I feel like killing myself, I've lost my job. Every person in those scenarios, every partner would have sympathized with the feeling of that individual and would have absolutely for sure, just like the individual did, attributed that feeling and that belief to the cost, to them losing their job. So they would have each believed that the reason they feel like that is because they lost a job. And if you said, why are you feeling bad? They'd say, oh, I lost my job today. If you said, why are you so happy? Like, oh, my God, I've got no job. And, and why are you looking for a new job? It's because I lost my job. So what that points to is just the truth that the, the, the thing on the outside was totally neutral. It didn't matter at all. It was irrelevant, really. The only thing that mattered is how the individual interpreted it. And their interpretation changed the scope of their life. In some cases, potentially shortened it to nothing. <laughs> so it's really, when you know that, you can take everything in stride. And you start to feel and see a truth, a deeper truth that actually everything is net neutral. Everything is equal. There is no good, there is no bad, there is no up, there is no down. Losing a job or getting a job is the same. They're all the same. They're all only different through my eyes. Um, and that means in business, especially, you can go into negotiation and be better at it because you're not—you don't need to win the contract, but you're not pretending you don't need to win it. You just don't need to win it. Um, if you win the contract, that's great, but you don't get overexcited and fuck it up because you know it's a good thing and it should happen. It's fine. Um, if you lose the contract, you can look into really simply why did you lose the contract and be rational about it rather than again blaming circumstances. Um, so. I suppose what's happened for me is, rather than having a sort of entrepreneurial life like this, I've probably got an entrepreneurial life that's like this. And it's much easier to navigate the world when you're not at the ends of the emotional spectrum the whole time. And when you think you're at the will of horrific outside forces, you feel powerless and futile. When you realize it's all in your head,
4: (laughs) then actually you are completely in control of anything. Okay. That was James.
1: Yeah. I love how he says when you're uh, living at the ends of the emotional spectrum all the time, you feel at the whims of the world. Like it, He said it better than I just did. But, right. <laughs> um, but I thought that kind of sums up the – The difference between if you understand the mind versus you don't, you can see how in the business context, just like Dejan talked about on the streets, if you're always in a state of reaction and everything is making you fly off the handle or get really sad or, and it's not to say that emotions are bad, it's just when you misunderstand the source of them they have this leash-like quality where they're just kind of jerking you around. And you can see how that has negative implications for a teenager trying to navigate growing up in Southside Chicago or an entrepreneur like James who started multiple businesses. And that both of them speak from this sense of real kind of inner calm and clarity that allows them to create different things in the world. I really got that feeling watching that again this time.
0: Right. And the feeling that they're not feeling like a victim of whatever is going on, like not feeling a victim of the business, but not feeling like a victim of the neighborhood. It's just it's just a freer state of mind in a way. It doesn't mean that, as I say, like he still does like he still did this.
1: Right. Because that's human. But
0: he's not being thrown around in the same way. And like that is just so relevant, whether it's a business or streets of chicago or whatever you're up to so
1: and i think what you'll hear also in the next clip where we have anna who runs the inside alliance which works with prison inmates is um when you don't understand the internal source of your experience it's very easy for that as james said natural human scale to get very dramatic and then When people are at extreme ends of the scale, I mean, James even said, excuse my language, he said it first, but it's like, and then you might fuck it up, you know, like, because when we're in extreme emotional states, we don't have a lot of clarity. And so Dejan talked about, you know, when people immediately react to everything, like his favorite phrase, he says, is every action doesn't need a reaction because if you're always in a reaction, you're going to take actions yourself and behaviors into the world, that are dysfunctional and they come from a place of no clarity and they lead to, you know, bad results. So in Dejon's case that's keeping him safe. It's keeping him from, you know, potentially getting shot or going to jail. In James's case it's keeping him from blowing a pitch in a meeting because he's got too much on it in his head. Um or if it doesn't go well, the pitch doesn't work out as opposed to him going home and screaming at his wife and thinking I Hate this job, and you know why do I? Be- he talked about when you don't overreact, then you can look and say, okay, what can I learn from this? What could have gone better? So you can really see how those extreme ends of the spectrum that James is saying he doesn't have to live in anymore it does create a much easier way of navigating the world because you have a lot more clarity, and you take different actions from clarity than you would from those far ends of the spectrum, and. In Anna's clip in a moment, you'll see why that is absolutely the same for people who've landed themselves in prison as well.
0: Yeah. And if you look at those three people, you'll, you'll hear in Anna, too, that in order to do, well, really anything, but especially in trying to trying to make any type of change or build anything, you are going to come up against uh, challenges, mm-hmm. uh, uh, people who are against you, a lot of, you know, maybe failure stuff that's not going to work, people who don't agree, people have reasons for why it's not going to work, your own mind telling you it's not going to work, how you're not able to do something. And in order for Dejan to do what he's doing, he has to see through that. In order for James to be able to build the businesses he's done, he has to see through that. In order for Anna to, you know, come from, um, move to Portland in a very short amount of time, go into the prison, say, I can do something here, and then start the ball rolling, you have to see through what's going to come up against you, which is, it it, it is a lot of noise. It's a lot of external and also, you know, your mind's noise. So I love that when speaking with Anna, it's just her spirit of just doing, just doing it because you want to help somebody and the rest of the noise just kind of fades to the background. So, Yeah. Should we go for Anna?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, for those of you who have never heard of Anna before, she moved from England to Portland, Oregon, United States. And I remember, because I knew Anna when she lived in London and then when when she moved and she was like, I just know I want to work with prisons because I can totally see that this understanding of the mind transforms the prison system. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I have essentially no contacts in Portland, but I just know that I want to do it. And maybe I'm crazy. And I would hear her go in and out of, Very mild insecurities and doubts about it. But for the most part, she moved there. She hit the ground running. She started reaching out to people and she's built a nonprofit and is literally got, I think, something along the lines of a waiting list now for programs because they're in a male prison, uh, women's prison, uh, soon to be juvenile jail. Um, and people all over the state are seeing the results of what she's doing and going, we want you, we want you, we want you. And she's trying to expand the organization as quickly as she can, but she can't meet the demands. So it's a great mm-hmm. example of uh, someone who saw how to make a difference in the world and didn't really, to your point, allow any of the noise get in her way.
0: Right. Or at some point, you don't even no- notice the noise. It's just not there. And people say, oh, isn't there a lot of challenges? And p- person like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where, I don't even. I don't even because you, you don't even see it. Like Dejan said, you don't have to prevent right. the prevention. It's like right. it's just not there. So, right. all right. Here's here's Anna for you talking about systemic change.
4: Well, human beings make up the system. So human beings, individual human beings, make up the prison system. Individual human beings make up the foster care system. Individual human beings make up the family systems. They make up any system that we're Veterans looking at. Veterans and addiction. Veterans and addiction. It's just full of people. you know. So when we're trying to change the culture or change the system, working with individuals that, that start to see life in a different way, it's amazing the ripple effects, the guys that, and, the, and the women that are like, I wanna share this with everybody because they want the simplicity of it. It's like, oh my God, if I knew this 15 years ago, I wouldn't be here. Like, why why, why isn't everyone taught this? Why weren't we taught this in school? Because if we were, I wouldn't be here because I'd under, I wouldn't have reacted in the same way, which then you know leads to my behavior and get in locks, gets me in prison. And so it, it changes, all sorts of different systems because all we are is individuals in all sorts of different systems it's like that pie chart that overlaps and overlaps and overlaps and it's like there we are again like in each I belong to this and they're just labels and we have this idea about what they are but human beings that that understand the mind and then do well in life and they lead a robust healthy productive life then that's going to change other systems because they're not then going to be you know that Venn diagram is not going to then include these people. That it's like they can say, "I used to be an addict, but I'm 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 not anymore because I I'm no longer using the same coping mechanisms that that got me stuck in that in the first place. That I'm actually a human being um, first and foremost, and that was just something that I had. It's not something and something that I did. It's not who I am. And so whatever system that you're involved in, you're still a a human being that 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 within within those systems is being changed from the inside out, and then you know you're you're part of the human race, the the human system, and not and not you know um, these kind of labelled systems that are sort of by nature kind of dysfunctional.
0: Okay,
1: I love Anna because she. I would say it is she sees something so simple and clear about
0: people. Very matter of fact. Very matter of fact. Sense about it.
1: Which is why I think she's so effective in working in the prisons, but also she touches on in that clip, which I think is important, is... prison becomes somewhat of a dumping ground for a lot of symptoms that don't play out well in society. And so we have to put those people somewhere and it's unfortunate, but, you know, we've, we've, we've visited Anna and we've been into the prisons with her. Um, and in the past, I went into the prison with another colleague of ours, Kathy Casey. And if you ask people why they're there, it's usually, um, related to drugs and alcohol Um, So they had addictions, and then in order to, you know, continue to get drugs, they did illegal things, which landed them in jail. Um, Or they were in the foster care system, which she mentioned, so they kind of never um, felt a sense of home anywhere, and they would bounce from place to place and and had a lot of, you know— upset and reaction and acting out because of that or, or veterans. She has a lot of veterans that she, that she ends up working with in prison, um, that were never, um, given any helpful understanding of trauma and how to deal with trauma. Uh, so she talks about that Venn diagram and this kind of like convergence of different labels, But what is so cool and so hopeful is that when Anna works with them, she doesn't have a class for the addicts, a class for the veterans, a class for the people who were abused, a class for the people. It doesn't matter. She's they're all in one class. They're all all humans. As she says, you become a part of the human race and they just by learning the nature of their mind and how they're creating their experience of reality from within their own mind, they start to get healthy and it starts to solve all of those other problems. So the multitude of symptoms that are leading people to end up in a place like jail all start to get solved in Anna's trainings. And like I said, I wouldn't be saying this if I hadn't seen it myself with my own eyes.
0: Yeah, like Um, if if you saw, like, there's more to that interview. Like, it's just one part of the interview that's, that's in the course. But if you saw that, or if you saw, if you ever get to go into the prison, you won't believe, you just won't believe the kind of what happens, like, and the realization people have and how much you can change mm-hmm. and how much you can go up against, uh, you know, a really terrible situation because, like, there are, like, we truly believe that there are some, you know, effed up situations in the world. Like, if you grow up certain places and you're unlucky where you grow up and the situation and what you've been through and the trauma, like, that is like, it shouldn't be like that. It, 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 it's just shouldn't be like that. And the only thing that could help in a person in a, in an effed up situation is that they find something that helps them go beyond it in a way or helps them or after it's done, like help them get over it, whatever it might be is that realization is going to happen during or after. It doesn't really matter, but it, it, it really is because we can't at this point in time uh, make sure that every human being has the perfect, um situation it's just we're not there yet we we feel like that is something we're always going to go towards but it's it's not likely at this point in time in 2019 we're just not there so the the only thing we got going for us that's available now right now is our reality and our minds and how we how we feel and perceive things like that can change like now in 2019 regardless of your circumstance so that's why there's such hope in in talking with people about this is because we we know we cannot do i know that like, we cannot do something with the situation you're in and i'm sorry you went through that but we can help you with this other thing that is actually doable uh right now and
1: and the other cool thing is like this amazes me but it also shouldn't be surprising but is that when anna works with these individuals and they gain insight and clarity about their mind, they behave so differently so that all these other kind of resources and programs that they um, are used to getting that are very kind of externally focused, they don't need anymore. And a perfect example is kind of jobs. There's a lot of emphasis around how do we help people transition from uh, being in prison to being back out in society. And, you know, if you can't give them, if you can't help them get a job right away, they're likely to slip right back into the same behavior that got them into prison. And, and while that's all true and great, and I'm not suggesting we shouldn't help people get jobs, but what's amazing is that Anna shared so many stories with us and she shares them on our Facebook page as well. Um, uh, the, the people that she's worked with, they get out and because they have more clarity and the same way Dejan talked about, and the same way James talked about, and they don't feel victimized by what's happening to them, they figure those things out for themselves. So they figure out how to get a job. And she told this beautiful story about one of the guys who was in one of her programs who got out and he went to a job interview. And very early on in the interview, the guy asked about his criminal background and he couldn't lie, obviously, because it's public domain and And the the guy interviewing him pretty much responded really negatively to that and was like, oh, well, in that case, I can't hire you. And he fed back the story to Anna that, you know, if I hadn't taken your course, I would have immediately seen that as a blow, that the world was against me. I was screwed. I was never going to be able to get back on my feet. And I'm just screwed for life, you know, and then that would have led to me going and drinking and using and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I would have wound up right back in prison and back in your class. And he's like... But I realized in that moment, like, okay, just like James talked about the people losing their job, like he had this realization of like, okay, that was one interview that had one outcome. Where do I go next? And what was amazing is he said he could see himself wanting to get upset, but because he caught his mind and kind of took a different avenue from the parking lot, I think it was. He saw a construction crew and walked over and asked if they needed assistance. And they said, oh, yeah, we're hiring. And so then he proceeded to get himself another interview where the person was fine with his criminal background and he got hired. And he's like, I wouldn't have even seen that. My eyeballs wouldn't have seen that other opportunity right in front of my face almost immediately after because I would have been in such a tailspin about... I knew it. I'm never going to get anywhere. It was just such a cool example of like, there's your jobs program. There's your helping people get back to work is it's empowering their mind. Like Dejan said, we don't need to prevent the preventing. It's like we don't need all these other programs when people are really truly gaining an education in their mind and the power of their mind. It's it's phenomenal. And that's one example. I know Anna's building actually an entire team of formerly incarcerated individuals that are now going to help her grow her company to meet that demand. So she can offer more trainings, but um, there's just so many stories like that where um, the human mind is capable of solving its problems when shown how to access your own clarity from the inside out more of the time.
0: Right. That's true. Truer words were never spoken, Mara Gleason Olson.
1: So we'll take we'll take questions in a moment. I think maybe do you want to show the last clip first, and then we'll
0: yes. Um, we got we okay. we saw your uh, question, Gina, and we will respond for it. And if you have more questions, other people write them down, and we'll respond. We'll again. get
1: right to the questions after this next segment. But
0: before we do, and this is the last clip because it's, it's a it's a it's a big one, but also very simple, human, practical one. And it's a clip from um, uh, Stephanie Fox, who's part of the One Solution team, who's currently based in um, uh, Tel Aviv. And she works uh, in the Middle East. She, she runs the programs there and a lot of other programs, too. Um, and she's going to share her personal uh, kind of aha, like epiphany of what enabled her to go out and feel hopeful about um Ending war, as she says, like, how do you, uh, change something as big as conflict, which seems like, seems so tight, like, especially, like, for example, in the Middle East, it just seems like there's no way out of it. But if you look closer, it's the same conflict as, uh, between, um, you know, a husband and wife, or as Dejan says, between ops or between, uh, you know, um, in the boardroom or whatever it may be. It's like, War is something that starts at a very human uh, level. It just is scaled up and amplified by our um, by our minds, really. And I love the simplicity of this because she has she has such a vision and hope for it. But it it, it and she explains how once she's when you see something for yourself that isn't a like a theory, you see something that oh. I can do this or like, oh, this is how I can solve this. Mm-hmm. Your mind goes to work and it starts to help you and show you what you could do. and it kind of is almost like a train that like you get on it and it's just like it starts showing you things. it's It's really, really amazing. So that's why I, w- I would love to show them this clip,
1: yeah, and I think in the in the full clip that's in the online course, she refers to a couple other examples before she shares her own personal example. And I think this is what's so cool is if you look at global change, things that have changed the world, things that have changed the course of history. It always started with one person having an idea and then choosing to take action on that. I mean, how many of us have ideas, but then they just stay in the land of ideas, we don't act on them? Um, And she gives an example earlier in that, and before this clip you're about to see, of Rosa Parks, who was you know, refused to give her seat up on a bus, which led to um, the civil rights movement exploding in a way that it exploded and um, she's famous as uh, a leader in the Civil Rights Movement. But interestingly, and I didn't know this until I watched Stephanie's lesson for that's in our online course, is that 12 years prior to Rosa Parks refusing to give up her seat, which is the story, at least in America, we all know, we're all taught in our history classes. 12 years prior to that, she tried to do something similar and it didn't work. Um, She actually even, I think she wrote a letter to the bus uh, authority, whatever. So Mm -hmm. it's funny because that story 12 years before didn't go anywhere, but she didn't give up and she kept trying. And then later something else she did that in that moment, she could not have known. She could not have known when she refused to give up her bus seat that day. I'm about to change the course of history. I'm going to be Rosa Parks in all the history books. You know, she didn't know that. She just had a thought. And acted on it. And this is what I love about kind of where Stephanie starts this clip out about her own insight and how she has no idea where it's going to go, but that's not what matters.
0: Right. All
1: right. Here's Stephanie.
5: In this last part, I wanted to share a personal story of me having new thought that may or may not change the world. That remains to be seen, but I'm really excited about doing it. So a couple of years ago, I was uh, in New York on um, a, a training course, and we were talking about how the mind is the source of all change. And I had this insight that if people knew the source of their feelings, then we wouldn't do things to cause conflict and war it would end war knowing the source of your feelings would end war and it was crystal clear and then what happened in that moment of the this insight this mind shift was basically like a how to plan appeared in my mind so i was like oh we need to build a education of kid a generation of children who know where their feelings come from. I know how to do that. I've created children's television programs when I was working for the United Nations in Gaza. We need to reach millions of kids, especially in, in, in this region, in regions where there are conflict. I know how to do that. I know, I know, I know. And it was just like a checklist of ideas of, this is how, and then you can. This is how to do it and you can do it. This is how to do it and you can do it. And it happened immediately after my mind saw the solution to conflict. It's like insights come with toolkits. It's like an instruction manual. It was amazing. And it just kept
1: going.
2: All right,
0: that was Stephanie.
1: I think what's really you get a feeling for in her energy there is how when she saw the simplicity of what's behind conflict, I love how she says insights come with toolkits. It's like she suddenly got a flood of ideas about what she could do about that that drew upon her experience and her skills as a human being. So I might have totally different I might get a totally different toolkit downloaded if I had that insight about, oh my gosh, the only thing at the source of conflict and ultimately war is people misunderstanding where their feelings come from. Well, then I'm gonna get a Mara version of a toolkit that's gonna give me ideas based on the things I've seen and done in my life or that I would like to try. And that was what was so cool about Stephanie is she realized, oh my God, when I used to work for the United Nations in Gaza, I actually helped develop educational materials for youth. Why don't I develop educational materials for youth about this? Like, this would lead to a generation. So, she got these insights and ideas and how-tos and to-dos and action steps naturally. And to go to one of the questions that's come up is when you don't see clearly how to do something – it does start to get noisy and you start to feel like, oh, I want to help, but I don't know how. And I, I'm scared I'm going to sound or look crazy. Or, right. And it's so helpful to see that if you keep going in the outside direction, like Dejan talked about other organizations look at the outside. If you keep going into the outside direction, like thinking about, okay, um, I'm just going to make this up. I have no idea what your question is specifically pertaining to, but let's say you wanted to, Um, do something different in your company that you thought would improve the culture and you start freaking out about, well, I'm going to sound crazy because my boss is going to think this and did it. Like the more you go in the direction of other people, the organization, the way the business is currently set up, what people did and didn't do in the past. And you just think of all of the things outside of you, it builds the noise. It builds the crazy and it makes it very hard to take action And what I love about all of the snippets that we've shared today, and certainly I can say is absolutely 100% true for me, is when everything starts to look too hard on the outside, I realize I've just lost my own clarity on the inside. And it is nothing to do with the outside world. It's nothing to do with what I can or can't do, what's possible or impossible. All of that is a symptom of what's going on in my state of mind. And so being able to look back to the mind and seeing What am I making more complicated than it is? What is actually just a whole, I'm going to use my words, I apologize, but a whole shitstorm of thoughts that I'm doing circles around that isn't really anything but my own thoughts. Like I have to be willing to kind of press the pause button on the external world and consider that maybe there's just too much of a shitstorm going on in my internal world. And the truth of the matter is, is I can't give you a how to of then what happens next. I just know that looking in this direction usually means something more helpful happens in this direction next.
0: Right. And and I would say that, uh, you know, there's a way of getting comfortable with, with, um, my own shit storms and not letting the shit storms run my life. So f- for example, like last night we had, we were working until I don't, I don't know what, what time. So last night was, oh, maybe it was the day before.
1: No, last night you were up till.
0: No, 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 it was yeah. before that. And, and um, I, uh, I was tired and I know I have this competition coming up on Saturday uh, to do. Um, I have a jujitsu competition coming up. And I want to get my workouts in. But I had one of those moments where I'm like, Oh God, I just, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do it. And as soon as I, I had that like, Oh, I just don't want to do it. My mind started like making my body tired. You started to like find, Oh, I don't know. It's it's actually too late to get a ride there too. And oh, Oh, maybe I actually have some, I have some work. I got to catch up on too. So my mind started creating noise. For something, And I had to ask more, I asked her like, please, like, can you help me here? Cause I didn't know it. Like, I was, I was pathetic in that moment. We all have those moments where like, I don't know what to do. Like I should, but I shouldn't, I want, but I don't want.
1: And I was like, do you want me to help you go work out or help right. you and, like, feel fine about staying home? I right. can't tell And it. I'm <laughs> like, I don't
0: know one of them, you know? And you have those moments where like you do that on a simple thing as going to do a workout. But it's the same thing with, uh, you know, uh, creating a, uh, creating a business or trying to make changes that you're all, we're always going to have those moments. We might have long periods. And if you have long periods, it's even more important to kind of like m- m- not befriend it, but get used to it, like understand it for what it is and then make decisions from, a almost like a separate standpoint in a way. So in this case, like I ended up going cause I actually wanted to do that, despite all the noise. But there are times where you're just like, "Oh, I want, I want to follow the noise that I want to be happy about." It. I followed the noise, and you will have your version of that. And there's no way around it. There's, there's mm-hmm. no point in life mm-hmm. where that noise is going to stop, or we're not saying like, "Oh, what happens when people just like release all the noise and everything's good?" It, it is just something that you see, and then when you, when you see the noise for what it is, you can make a little bit different decisions, but it doesn't take away the feeling. It doesn't take away the noise. It doesn't make sure that that isn't there anymore. It just gives you
1: a different way of relating to it. Yeah.
0: It's just like it's life and what I want to do and change I want to make. And then there's the noise and the noise doesn't dictate the first thing. It's just a separate thing that's going on in life. And and that really helps in trying to do stuff. It also helps in relationships it, it helps everywhere. Like if, if you listen to the noise about, you know, relationships, you know, you wouldn't have a lot of people be together. You, it's because it's because you.
1: You mean you have noise about me? Right. <gasps> <gasps> it's
0: because it's because you transcend it. You see for what it is temporary, just the stuff that your mind does. And then you get over it and you're back to what is more important, which is the relationship or what is more important which is trying to make change. And it's just uh, basically a hierarchy of what's more important sometimes. And, and if you see through it, like it, it gets easier. But I get the feel—I I know the feeling. Like you feel a little bit crazy. I do too. Like it's just what's going on in my mind, and and you just get comfortable with it. Like God, I'm so I'm so crazy. Like what's going on? Because we are humans are weird. We're weird. Like well, well, and
1: I learned really early in my career that. um Talking to people about the mind as the source of things in the world is not actually crazy. It's pretty simple and ordinary and obvious if you don't get weird about it.
0: That's true. (laughs) I realized
1: when I first started doing this work, you know, 13 years ago, I had so much thinking about like, okay, how do I bring this up that doesn't seem crazy? And then I and realized, that makes it like, sound crazy. Well, now you just seem crazy because right. you're making this really awkward. It's like when it occurred to me that, oh, my God, everyone has a mind and everyone is using their mind to create an experience of the world, that's the equivalent of talking to people about the weather or what they had for dinner last night. It's not weird. It's happening all the time every day. You're making it weird <laughs> when you get uncomfortable about it. And it started out, you know, when I first started doing this work, it was on a smaller scale, but I had a really funny kind of proof of this as I noticed whenever I happened to be sitting next to a stranger on a plane or a train, I would go places for work or for leisure, whatever, and they would nonchalantly ask me what I did, I would just tell them very matter of fact, and they would always be like, oh, that's really cool, and ask me a bunch of questions, and I never had anyone be like, mm, that's weird, I'm going <laughs> to see if I can change seats now, you know? And I realized like, oh, it's always really simple for me to talk about my work or what I see about it or how passionate about it I am when I'm talking to a stranger on a plane. And that's in James's example, you saw that's having nothing on it. It's not making it a big deal one way or the other. And I realized that when I was in more of like a business context or trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, convince someone that this was a relevant <laughs> program they should consider. Yeah. It all got weird real fast right. because I would make it weird. And so what was interesting is then I had to revisit that same fear, you know, fast forward to just two years ago when we decided to start One Solution, a global nonprofit dedicated to start solving large-scale global problems by showing the source of them in the mind I had my moments of being back in that position I felt 13 years ago. Is this weird to talk about? Are people going to think we're crazy? And when we had the first One Solution conference, there were
0: moments where we we felt like So
1: many moments where... I worried what people thought about us, or I did a bad job in a discussion, and the person did think I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'll never forget when I talked to the person from Bono's uh, organization, the the red organization. It wasn't an
0: organization, doesn't matter which one.
1: Yeah, yeah, I keep that anonymous, but (laughs) (laughs) the lady on the phone was like is this your first time running a conference about this? And I was like, it is. How did you know? But what was cool is she kind of immediately sort of forgave me a lot because she could tell I was awkward and I wasn't doing a good job of explaining it. And after I got off the phone, I remember laying on the bed and being like, I'm such a loser. Yeah. But I share that only because – Look, I've had conversations like that and I've had conversations where you leave with goosebumps because you can see you've so deeply connected with a a person and that they see your vision and they're excited about it and they see it too. So, you know, you kind of just got to accept that you're going to have your shit storms in your head and you're going to do great some days and you're not other days. But worrying about what other people think or how crazy you sound or any of that is just more of the shit storm. It's nothing to do with anything out there. All to do with your own mind, right? right.
0: But, uh, but there are ways where, like, I, I remember there are ways where we, where we, where you can think like, how you know, whoever you're, whatever you're trying to do, and whoever you're trying to talk to, you gotta like, and we talked about this in previous webinars. Listen, yes, listen and listen deeply, and 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 figure out how do I connect with this person, or how do I say what I want to say. And might be, and the thought might occur, how do I say it in a way that it doesn't sound crazy? It might occur to you, but it it comes from listening. It doesn't come from like a fear in a way. It just comes from like, how do I really engage with these people? And we had to do that when we came, come to Chicago. It's like, we have to listen, 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 listen. We still have to listen. Mm-hmm. And we just keep trying to understand and figure things out and, and just try to say something. And when you do that, um, your ideas of how to, Make impact comes from listening, not from like, oh, I'm afraid they're gonna think this, because again, that makes it weird, and 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 especially for us, you know, we came in new people. I'm from Norway, and we're white, and people say, oh, you can't do that, and it's like, yeah, if you're normal and you just listen, you talk with people, people don't care, mm-hmm. but if you care about that, that's gonna come off, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel like a weird person. And you're going to feel a little bit off. And it's the same with doing this work or trying to do anything. As soon as you go on a date and you're like, oh, how do I go? How do I actually, how do I go on this date? And the person, make this person, person like, like me, me or, or yeah. make this person not make me seem like I'm crazy mm-hmm. or, or, you know, how do I not, you know, uh, uh, fuck this up? It's just like, it's the same thing no matter where you go. It's just like. Part of it is like that's part of life. You're gonna go on a few dates, you're gonna go on a few bad business calls. That's it's just how it is. But the more you sit through it, it's just like you start to learn, you start to listen, you just start to be in the in the present moment and, and you figure things out. So any more questions?
1: I was gonna say, do we have any other questions?
0: Or- uh, no, just comments.
1: It's just noise, a separate thing going on in life. Nice.
0: You like the shitstorm of thoughts.
1: Yeah, we should rename this webinar.
0: Yeah. How yeah, dealing
1: with the shitstorm of thoughts.
0: Right. Well, are they? I
1: think I was just gonna say, since, since no one else has a new question, I love um, Anna and listening to Anna, and you saw her in the snippet from earlier. She's a great example of. Look, on the one hand, you have to listen to people. Like when she goes into prison, she's listening to those people and mm. she's seeing how to help them. But on the other hand she doesn't waste a lot of time
0: she doesn't give a fuck
1: if people don't like what she you know like uh, there's that balance of um, listening but then also not listening to the unhelpful people Right. you know if people are just you know she's, she's talked about a couple examples since she's been out there and I think that's why she's been able to grow her work so quickly. And by, when I say grow her work, it's not like she has a hundred person organization up and running. I mean, she's in multiple different prisons, helping people. That's how she's grown the work. And she's figuring out the organizational side as she goes, but you know, she had her fair share of speed bumps, just like we just shared in the beginning of moving out there. And, um, you know, people kind of disbelieving or arguing with or whatever, she was she was trying to share in that moment and she's just like i just can't be bothered anyway so moving on i have time
0: (laughs) i have people to help you
1: yeah i got people in prison that really uh, benefit from what i'm up to so i'm going to go back to focusing on that (laughs) so um i just i think she's an awesome example of that of not wasting time she doesn't even doesn't even become a she has her own shit storms in her head like every human about other stuff but what other people think is just not one of hers. She just doesn't really go there. Doesn't really care.
0: Yeah. Okay. Should we should we close it out? There's no more questions? Yeah, if
1: people don't have any other questions, I think we'll just wrap it up. Yeah. Going once, going, going twice. twice.
0: Oh, and um, for people interested in an online course, people have sent the email. We're going to send a follow-up email. And for people who want to go, I think it's live on our website which is onesolutionglobal.org. We have a
1: whole new website up as of and today. Then you, and then you
0: go to um, get involved and the Accelerating Change course should be there. So if you want to join us, you can sign up and we start on April 15th and you'll hear all, all the stuff we're talking about and, and more uh, in the course. So hopefully we'll see you there. We're really excited about it.
1: Yeah, no, it's been really fun making it, and we've had a little beta test group going through it with us for the first for the last month, and it's been really cool getting their feedback and speaks to a lot of the the questions that people have asked on this webinar and previous webinars. It kind of like, what do I need to know to be able to jump in, and it's been really fun to see that people have been jumping in and making change and taking on projects and action that they didn't think they could do before, just because in going through the course, they've gotten a lot more clarity and a lot less noise, which is really fun to watch. And that's our hope with all of this, is just to ignite that capacity within any of us to make the kind of change we want to see in the world Mm -hmm. and to feel equipped to do it and to do it faster, as opposed to your point, waiting around as if someday. Right someone else or something else is going to happen to make it happen. No, you can make it happen. And that's why we do these. And we really appreciate everyone for coming out and joining us on these. So thank yeah. you.
0: Thank you so much. We'll catch you in a future webinar or on the course.